What's up, y'all? Welcome to the very first episode of From Where Does It Stem? I'm your host, JP Flores. I'm an undergraduate at Occidental College in Los Angeles, California. I am a cellular and molecular biology major with minors in public health and neuroscience. I do research on the venom of fish hunting cone snails, and I'm also an NCAA Division III baseball player. I created this podcast to empower youth, low-income, first-generation, LGBTQ+, and BIPOC students. My goal is to capture the unique stories of different scientists of varying backgrounds and the adversity and challenges they've had to overcome to get to where they are. Today I interviewed two amazing undergraduate students who I'm incredibly grateful to have met. Without further ado, here they are. So where exactly does this all stem? Well, hello, I'm Brian. I use the pronouns he, him, and his. I'm a junior at McAllister College studying chemistry with an emphasis in biochemistry as my major, and I'm minoring in Spanish and biology. Also following the track of pre-MSTP or medical scientist training program. So I guess that segues pretty well into hopefully in the future, I'll be a physician scientist practicing as a psychiatrist and doing research in drug design chemistry. Um, Hopefully I'll be able to tie those two together alongside um, my other passions also for social justice and working towards um, decolonizing STEM in many different ways that our current education system is set up. Um, Fun fact. What's a fun fact? Recently, I've been thinking a lot about fun facts because one podcast I've been listening to about... um, interviews for med school and grad school is like have a fun fact on hand and I'm like great can't think of one um usually I go around saying like my fun fact is my secret talent is being able to fall asleep anywhere so I guess I'll use that one (laughs) (laughs) Evelyn go ahead hey guys uh I am a fourth year at UC Davis Uh, my major is microbiology I just switched into it um I took a microbiome like an intro to my class about year a year ago fell in love with it I used to be biochem Thank God I'm out of that. Uh, I guess my goal, um, my ultimate goal is to uh, be MD. That's my goal right now. Uh, I want to be a pediatric oncologist specifically just because, or somewhere centered around cancer. I'm kind of, I'm super unsure. I have everything in the air. And I think that's why I wanted to do the podcast just because um, I feel like every pre-med has it figured out, you know, like, or like they seem like they have it figured out. Uh, I'm in a pre-med for, I'm in a pre-med frat, so it's kind of, it's very competitive, so, like, for kids who are, like, are super lost, and, like, maybe they really messed up their first two years, you know, like, I did, I had to do a fifth year because of it, and um, my counselor actually told, she told me that I should change my career goal, and I feel like hearing that, like, obviously, I, I heard it, and, like, I took it, and I, I switched my career around, like, I started doing better in school, but I think if someone else were to hear it, it would completely, like, mess up their whole, like, future, just, like, their drive to become a doctor. And I think it's really important for kids to hear that I may not be as involved in school, but like there's, it's never too late. Like you'll be like, even if you're a junior or senior, you can still join clubs and you can still, there's time, you know? And I think that just by them hearing that the superstar pre-med or like the kids who are super involved in everything or have it figured out already, like they get kind of discouraged. So I think it's really important for them to see that kind of side. As opposed to a fun fact, um, I also struggle, Brian. Um, I guess I'm, I have two. Um, this one always kind of like people get kind of shook. Uh, Ariana Grande follows me on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, I'm a huge Travis Scott fan. I love Travis. But, yeah. We love Travis fun. Scott. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But yeah, 
man, no, I'm so excited to be interviewing y'all right now. What? That's, <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of different ways we can delve into this, right? Uh, the social justice side of things. Um, Evelyn, like why you want to be in the field of like cancer and cancer research mm -hmm. and all of that, right? And I feel like all of us being people of color, we do feel like sometimes we uh, feel like we're out of place in STEM, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a first gen student, so I know that feeling, right? But just, just to know more a little about y'all, what, what were your upbringings like? Like take us through the lives of baby Evelyn and baby Brian and you know, well, maybe we can go up and build up to like, I don't know, maybe your post high school grad selves. Yeah, so um, I think my life, my school life before college was super easy in the sense because I do come from a, like my community is predominantly Hispanic, you know? So a lot of the kids, they grew up, their parents are immigrants, first gen as well. So um, in my community, going to college isn't as, uh, isn't as expected, like the CC is a norm. Like if you go to CC, like you succeed in life, you know, uh, everyone goes to CC. So for you to even go like a city over or to like, cause I'm from Inland Empire. So to go to LA is even like a big accomplishment, you know? So for me to go have gone six hours away to Davis was like a huge accomplishment. It's like huge to everybody there. But like, I think it's just, um, it's perspective in a sense because I came here and everyone's so much more prepared than I was, you know? And I, I think it's just super important to express the fact that, like, everyone starts differently. But, yeah, like, school back at home wasn't – I didn't struggle. Like, tests were easy. Like, you studied the night before for two hours and you got an A, you know? Oh, yeah. So coming, coming to Davis and to UC, like, I came with the same mindset. I could study for two hours and get good grades in chemistry and bio and all that. But I quickly learned that that's not the case, you know? So it was very hard for me to – um like assimilate and change my study habits it took me two years to get the hang of it and I think like seeing other people who did come from the bay area and who par whose parents weren't were in college and like they had influences before I did they already had it together like the game was like they had the ball rolling because snap snap they were getting a's and b's and I think it's like it really set me back in the sense that I got really discouraged for meds for like medicine but I think now like I'm pretty good but yeah that really affected me in the sense that like Obviously, community-based and stuff is different for everybody, but my upbringing, yeah, it's been pretty good. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, my, my parents are super supportive, so, like, luckily, even though I, re I receive, like, the counselor's criticism and stuff, like, I think I'm pretty uh, determined no matter what. Um, oh, wait, definitely. sorry. I got kind of sidetracked. The question? <laughs> oh, don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. No, I mean, no, but that's, that story just resonates with me so yeah. deeply. Like, unreal like I, I remember getting the occidental and I was like I'm gonna sign up for all the stem classes I want and I'm gonna do fine because in high school I was studying like you said studying the night before and I was getting A's mm. I think my first gen chem one grade was a 32 percent it's so bad like so so yeah bad. yeah but no I, I think that's awesome and uh, me yeah. and Brian are from uh, Brian and I sorry <laughs> <laughs> Brian and I are from smaller schools so um, I, I would be interested to know about your experience going to go into a bigger school, uh, after Brian yeah. kind of talks about his upbringing too. So, yeah. yeah, sure. Um, so I also grew up in a primarily immigrant city. I say I'm from Boston, but I'm actually from Quincy. So shout out to Quincy. Um, <laughs> it's a predominantly Asian immigrant city. So I went to a high school with a bunch of other Asian Americans, um, 
a lot of us were also first generation to go to college and apply to colleges. Um, and we also didn't have a very good guidance like counselor system in our school. Um, and the majority of the influences for this school is they push for students applied to schools around the Boston area. I'm not sure if either of you are familiar with QuestBridge, um, but it was actually through QuestBridge that I um, got the chance to apply to a bunch of different schools around the country. Um, probably a mistake, I applied to over 30 colleges when I applied. Wait, um, question, question. Application fees? QuestBridge covers. Oh, <laughs> that's nice. That's nice. I love that. Uh, so that was, yeah, that was, that was good. I randomly like ticked on McAllister um, and it was like a good chance for me to get to move away because um, I think that distance has definitely helped me grow as a person. Um, but I guess a little back to myself. So my parents, um, they're immigrants and neither of them finished um, high school. Um, and they work in a restaurant and they actually work full time and it's a family business and that's actually where I grew up. So I grew up doing my homework half time and answering phone calls and doing other things to help out at the family business, um, which actually like, I mean, when I got to college, I realized that that actually impacted my learning, but it's not until college that that was a thing because like both of you, like classes in high school were like decent, like it wasn't like I was acing all the things, but it was like, you know, I didn't have the amount of time that I do now. Um, and so I got to college um, also with that same mindset, like, you know, I did well in these previous classes. So why can't I do well now? Um, first gen chem grade, I was the class low. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, trust me, I just admitted my grades. So. <laughs> I'm my first gen. It's, they, that's how they get you. Gen chem one, I'm telling you. Gen chem one is a class. Yeah, goodness. Um, but it was after that that I was like, okay, I thought I knew what I wanted to do. <laughs> now I don't know what I want to do anymore. Um, and it's been like that ever since, honestly. Like, even though I say, like, I want to do this and that, it's like, you know, every test has an impact on how I think. And every day feels different, you know. Some days I'll be like, hey, I want to do this. Some days I'll be like, you know, maybe I'm dropping STEM, dropping my major, whatever it is. Um, and but I also want to acknowledge that that also comes with me and my many privileges as an Asian American, right? I've seen that representation in science growing up and Asians as a demographic of the population only make up 5%, but they make up greater than 5% of people in science. Yeah, I mean, we, I, I feel like, do, do y'all consider the, do you consider Gen Chem 1 as like kind of like a quote unquote weed out class, right? Definitely. Yeah, and, and I just feel like, weed out classes should not be a thing like we, we should most definitely destigmatize the notion that these are weeding out people that have an innate talent for science you know what i mean i, I feel like once we get away from that and kind of um kind of strive for just and equitable learning environments i think that's when diversity in stem and full inclusion in stem will, will just kind of like take off right because hearing hearing both the all stories it's like we're just like what do we do? We, we're like, what are we, what are we doing next? Um, just, just having that support system. Yeah. So Brian, sorry, I, I missed it. Did you, are you close with your parents as well? Like, do you have that familial support system? Um, in terms of going into, well, in terms of going into science, yes and no. Um, basically, I think a lot of immigrant children face this, like growing up, it's like, you're going to become a doctor. No, oh, yeah. oh. and I did not want that when I was young. I was like, there's no way I'm going to like 15 years of school and like all this and that. Uh, 
And so I was like, you know, I'll do research. Um, Cause I was like, that's the closest thing to science. Cause I know I like science, but that also goes against my parents' wishes. Um, I was a rebel growing up, still kind of am a rebel, to be honest. But. Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm the same way. What about you, Evelyn? Um, growing up in, in Latinx communities, how has that been for you? Has, is it more of like a family support, community support, friends? I lean on friends personally, but I'm curious. No, yeah. Um, well, my case is different because um, my parents are very, very, very traditional. Um, luckily, I was blessed. My parents, like, even though I'm, I'm a girl, I know several Hispanic households, a lot of the parents have that idea that the girls should stay at home. And I know a lot of my Hispanic friends' parents still have that belief that they get into, they get into conflicts with their parents because they want to move away from college. But um, a lot of, uh, I'm not trying to step on any toes, but like a lot of the older generation of Mexican parents, especially dads, they think that the girls should stay at home and like cater to the like Just like learn how to be a good housewife, you know? And I think like the just... Luckily, I didn't go through that. My parents are super, super supportive. They, whatever I wanted, they, they were like, yeah, just go for it, do you? But I think it, it was, it did put more pressure in the sense that, um, well, in my case, I'm the youngest of four, and all my, my three older siblings, college wasn't for them. You know, like, they started, they went somewhere else. So it was extra pressure because, in a sense, like, my parents have sacrificed so much to be here. So I felt like because I was, I was their last shot of, like, having a, kid who like made it to like grad school you know or having that but also because like once I expressed my interest in becoming a doctor um the fact like the idea of me wanting to divert from that was uh, like completely unacceptable I think my sophomore year I kind of questioned my pre-med journey and it was a huge argument in the like in the household because because they were like how are you going to give up and because they already had in in their head that I wanted to be a doctor you know so giving that up was not even acceptable and in a sense it it made sense to me because but in my head I took it as like kind of like a blow because I felt like I was kind of letting them down but it's not even like that it's more so just like following what you want to do and I think it should be definitely it should definitely be more more it should be talked about more the fact that it's okay to change your journeys and despite your parents disagreeing with you because I think at the end of the day they're still gonna want they're still gonna love you it's equal equally as if you did go with what they wanted. But yeah, like in terms of growing up in the Latinx community, it's definitely pressurized, but I was one of the few lucky ones that didn't have that extra pressure fighting with my parents in order to leave. So I think it's just like overcoming just the cultural boundaries and stuff. It's, yeah. Y'all, we're only only 30 minutes in and I'm already just like, wow. yeah you guys are great honestly like no what <laughs> like this is I, I well the thing is, is in creating this podcast you know this being episode one I didn't really know where this was gonna go <laughs> you know what I mean but hearing your stories is like oh my gosh like this is so I'm not the only one feeling these pressures from my parents from kind of being like like feeling lost in college you know going to our uh, institutions but oh man that's awesome this is so cool. <laughs> All right. So, picture this. You are 
post high school, post high school graduates, and you're about to move into your first year hall or apartment or house, what did you wish you would have known going into your undergraduate career? Okay, so <laughs> uh, I think for me, because I did grow up in a super strict household, like I wasn't able to go out with my friends and party during high school and stuff, you know? So oh, I yeah. think one big thing that I wish I knew when I first came to college was parties aren't everything. I think I went out like at least like three, four times out of the week and I, I would hardly study at nighttime. And so I think like just like, if I had told myself to slow down, like there's going to be so many more parties, like your third or fourth year, you know, like it's not the, it's not the end of the world if you don't go out, you know, right. or just like telling myself to just bal have a good balance. Cause it was very prioritized. It was kind of like letting a bird out of the cage, you know, I just kind of like let loose and stuff. So I think that's the thing. Like you're always going to have like outings with your friends. You're always going to have that. But you're never gonna get the chance to study for your well, chem one class, you know, like right, right. You know, so it's kind of just like that. I think <laughs> that's like the main thread. <laughs> yeah, I just like be yourself. Cause I felt like I tried to fit this mold very. Cause Davis is like, it has a big uh, Caucasian population, so I I try to kind of fit like their mold when I first came to try and fit in and be like involved in clubs, right. and I was very unhappy with myself. So I think it's just like important to stick to yourself and be you, you know, like stop trying to mold yourself to fit the environment that you're in because you're going to, you're going to end up finding like your crowd and your people wherever you are. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I totally thought you were going to go down the route of like, Oh, I was an absolute party animal. And like, just, just do that as an undergrad. <laughs> I totally thought you were going to go down that route. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, we're going down there. <laughs> I mean, if that's you go ahead, but you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. No, I, I mean, so, so yeah, coming in as a first year is like a, yeah, as a first year, it's, it's funny because when you see, when you think of college parties, you're like, oh, this is going to be so fun, yada, yada, yada. And I'm not going to lie, like my first two years, I partied a lot, you know, I, I did. So, but the thing is, is once you get older, like once you're a junior or senior, you start to realize you're going to find your friend groups that accept you for who you are. You don't need to do anything stupid, right? And I've come to kind of appreciate the little kickbacks and like little hangouts with my friends, right? Like my best friends, three, like maybe nine or 10 of them. And I think that means a lot more than just going out to parties. I mean, again, to all the listeners out there that are undergrads and going into college, <laughs> experience it. Sure. Why not? You're, you're an undergrad once in your, in your life, right? So I do encourage y'all to, <laughs> can I even say that? <laughs> I do encourage y'all to go out there and experiment with different things, but just letting y'all know, you'll experience, you'll have a lot of friends that you can lean back on and kickbacks mean a lot. I'd first like to acknowledge that the three of us are really out here breaking the stereotypical science, scientist <laughs> stereotypes. Um, JP, nine or 10 best friends, who? Oxy's <laughs> <laughs> um, Oxy a small school, man. Like we, we, uh, we love each other out here. It's a small community. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I'd say <laughs> I definitely did the same thing as Evelyn. Um, my I grew up with super strict parents. I had like a 5 p.m. curfew throughout like until I graduated high school and even like the summer before college. So like once I went off to college, I was like, I'm a free bird. I'm halfway across the country also. So like things aren't gonna spread to my parents. Um, so I like went out a lot and like also like went to sleep really late and like did a ton of things that 
now looking back, like, we're kind of stupid. Like, <laughs> if I was to tell my younger self things, it'd be like, you know, value your sleep um, and, like, your health, like, taking care of your physical health, your mental health, whatever that would be. Like, there's always more time to study and worry about upcoming things, but taking care of yourself is what's going to preserve you and get you through, right? And there's always going to be orgs and people that are going to need things from you. And it's good to set those boundaries early on. Um, and like, honestly, take care of yourself. And if that means going out to party on a Friday night, then go do that. Oh, yeah. And if, Or if that means like sleeping in until like noon on Sunday or whatever it is, like do whatever you need. And like, don't compare yourself to other people. Like you're on your own journey and you're on your own path. Like learn for yourself. Um, but like, also don't be afraid to ask for help. Like everyone, like now as like someone that's older, I'm like, if you have questions, like please come to me, especially like other first-gen students, other BIPOC students, like we are so happy to help we've been through it. Um, and also like go to office hours. Um, your white peers yes. are gonna take classroom spaces already. So don't be afraid to take up that space. Like go and get your money's worth from that professor's knowledge and insight and advice. Um, I don't know what route I want to go down. Like, do I want to talk about social justice? Because <laughs> I that is something I am passionate about. However, I know we can seriously just get down in the weeds on that. So, um, like for me, I, I'm very passionate about social justice in higher education. You know, hearing our stories, it's like these readout classes shouldn't be readout classes. They should be just and equitable. Um, we should know about office hours just as much as our white peers right um but what are your thoughts on like different social justice issues whether it be in education or um you know like what do you what do you all think what, do, what are you passionate about brian because i know you said you're pretty passionate about social justice evelyn i'm sure you're i'm sure you are too but yeah definitely definitely um i think part of the reason i chose McAllister was because of its focus on social justice um but also now coming to realize like McAllister is an institution and institutions are all parts of systems, right? I think all aspects of social justice are super interrelated, right? If you talk about liberation in terms of systemic oppression, that ties in so many different things. You can't just liberate one aspect, right? You can't just have racial liberation. That also ties in clearly with feminism and also educational access and healthcare access and housing access and all these different things that are tied into how our society is structured. Um, and so I think generally for me, that's something that I've started to take in more into account with like how I approach different spaces. Um, but to make social change um, comes with starting in areas that you're most familiar. And for me, that's been fighting for college access issues um, and also different diversity, equity, inclusion efforts within classrooms and within educational systems, um, but also health inequities for me as someone that's <laughs> aspiring to be a doctor, at least for now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't, you can let your uh, career switch. Trust me, it's fine. <laughs> Everyone's path is different, for sure. Um, Evelyn, I don't know if you want to answer questions about social justice. I, I was also curious about um, is there a particular reason why you, you're interested in oncology, uh, cancer? Yeah, um, in terms of the social, social justice aspect of the question, obviously I do, I do like, like 
I focus on uh, making sure that there's e equality among all races, but I'm not super, super knowledgeable on that aspect. Like, I, see. I haven't really like delved in deep into, you know, like, so it's not really like, not to say that I'm not super interested in it, but I'm just not knowledgeable on it. Like, it's to like, the extent that you guys are, you know, like my passion lies more within oncology, like you were saying. Right. Um, but I, I'm just going to jump on over to that <laughs> oncology. That's good. Yeah, go so, for it. So uh, it's more... Yeah, it's more personal for me, like, um, cancer runs on my family and stuff. So, like, uh, having parents, me being a Hispanic, fam like, a Hispanic woman, I felt like I grew up, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer when I was, when she was, when I was four years old, stage four. And in uh, our household, I grew up speaking Spanish first. Spanish is my first language growing up. So, we, because all her kids went to school, she found it very difficult to communicate with doctors about her disease and stuff. She found it very, it was hard for her to go through her chemotherapy journey. And she had to do it alone because it was just her and my dad. And my dad had to stay home and watch us. So he couldn't even go out with her to the visits because, he, you know, he, he had us to attend to, you know. So it was very hard for her because she was stage four and she had to get certain treatments done, certain chemotherapies. But there was that language barrier gap in the sense that she felt that she wasn't getting proper treatment because of that, you know. Um, unfortunately, because it was stage four, a lot of doctors turned her back because because like it was stage four you know and then there was one doctor who did like decide to treat her and stuff luckily she so she beat the cancer you know so I think I do want to be that doctor to other migrant parents to other like migrant mothers fathers who do feel as though the healthcare system has failed them definitely and then kind of give them hope and hopefully but and then for pediatrics just because I love kids you know like to <laughs> help a kid like, like working with them is cool, you know, like they're so funny <laughs> so to be able to have like, a family switch up. I don't know. I'm yeah. glad that we'll that see if it happens. Like, positive. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. I came in super, I came in, like, I kind of said the most super deep, but oh, no, I, that's what I, we I want. don't know. Like, that's what we want up in here. <laughs> yeah, you know, but um, yeah, just kids are funny. Like uh, I'm a counselor for Camp Kesem, which is like a organization and we give kids free summer camp but we focus on kids whose parents have had cancer and they're amazing dude like um over the summer that they're, they're they're i have six-year-olds and they're way smarter way more wise than i have because they've been through so much like you, that you couldn't even imagine and just seeing them in that environment seeing them still full so full of joy just convinced me that i do want to work with kids and stuff and just having that sense you know just that intellectual growth is amazing but yeah but yeah, I also just want to thank Evelyn for sharing. I know talking about some of these things can be really yeah. tough. Yeah. Wait, um, what's the program called? Oh, program? Camp Kesem. Yeah, we have like, there's so many chapters throughout the, throughout the United States. That's I think so cool. uh, I think our past camp, we provided like 200 kids with, with a free summer camp. It was amazing. Oh, that's, like, that's so cool. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's a week-long summer camp and we have like go-karts. We have rock climbing walls and stuff for them. And it's not just our support doesn't just focus on solely summer camp. We have organizations throughout the whole year. Like we have meetups with them and the kids like some of our go over houses to have dinner and stuff. And it's, is, I don't know, like it's that, such like a family based thing. Yeah. Is this in Davis or in our area? No, it's everywhere. All, all over the US. Oh, what? That's so In cool. Davis. Gotcha. Okay. No, yeah, awesome. so our, 
Davis's chapter is the biggest chapter in the whole country. Uh-huh. Slight flex, you know. But um, <laughs> there's chapters in, all over the world. Like, they're in every college. Like, they're in a majority of the colleges in the United States, from the West Coast to East Coast. Like, right. it's big. That's cool. Yeah. Now, I, I mean, like, yeah. listening to that, it's just like, man, I want y'all to be my doctor. <laughs> For real. It's like, I, I want For y'all real. to take care of me. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Brian, are, are you, I, I don't think I asked, are you interested in a certain field within medicine or is that still being determined? Um, I, at least the current aspiration is psychiatry. Um, um, but honestly, I've started doing a lot more clinical work in many different areas and I find most things super interesting. Um, so honestly, I wouldn't even be mad about any specialty, um, but I think for me, psychiatry rings the most for right now. Um, I think especially because um, in the communities that we come from, right, communities of color, like mental health is not something that's talked about. Um, and there's so many different ways that that is tied to physical health as well that people don't acknowledge generally. I mean, even as a society in the U.S. Um, and there's so much that can be done in terms of healing in those areas. hundred um. percent. I don't know if I'm going to put this part in the podcast, what I'm about to say, but um, yeah, like mental health is especially important to me because um, I was admitted into a psychiatric center a couple, very recently, a couple semesters ago, and it's just not what it needs to be at all. Not at all. It's just like, like someone who has mental illness should not be in a room with one window they should not be in a room that feels like a cell, you know? So I, I do think mental health is overlooked and I, I'm really glad that uh, you brought those points up for sure. Um, so talking about, because we're talking about medicine, I am curious, how are y'all doing during this uh, COVID-19 pandemic? Because it's, it's, it's been rough over here, you know, learning remote. I feel like I'm just exhausted after every Zoom lecture. Um, my schedule feels busier than ever because now everything is like, time slotted out like I sent y'all Google invite like Google calendar invite it's like oh my god <laughs> I wish I could fly y'all out here for real <laughs> but yeah how are, how are your mental health how's your mental health doing how is taking classes at McAllister and UC Davis remotely how's that going for you um with respect to like COVID I think I'm fortunate that I still have a roof over my house but over my head um and my parents are still healthy and everything um and that's going well and yeah, classes are going. Um, at McAllister, we've shortened our semesters to be quarters. So we have double the amount of class time with half the amount of classes. So now, like one of my classes is meeting for two and a half hours a day, three days a week. And the other one is a similar requirement. So it's a ton of, um, it's a ton of work throughout the week. Um, and it's exhausting um, to be on Zoom for that long. Um, but I mean, we're making it through. It's like, I was telling one of my mentors earlier today that, um, it's officially hit the point in the semester where they're like throwing content at us. And like, some of it's like not even making sense at this point, but you know, we tried through, like, it's okay. Yeah. Um, same thing as Brian, like, luckily I'm glad that my parents are healthy and stuff. I still have a roof over my head. We weren't too affected, but I know it has affected several families. So it is and just the virus itself, it's super, seeing patients in like their worst state, it's insane. And I hope that the vaccine does come out soon. 
but in terms of school academically, uh, I think I over I un I underestimated how hard it would be. I found as soon as I found that I was online, I, I just jacked the, my units. I I know I told you guys I had finals, but I ended up so our summer sessions are six weeks long. Uh, I took eleven units. So <laughs> yeah, it was hard. Like Evelyn, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh I ended up taking 11 units in six weeks. Uh, I'm done. I can breathe. Respect. But it was insane. I, yeah. I think I only underestimated how hard it would be. I thought being online would be easier, but it's harder. One, because it's up to you to go to class. And two, they're recorded, <laughs> so you always make excuses to the very last minute. I can watch later, you know? And then you have like 10 to get through in one night. Oh, yeah. But other than that, I think... I enjoy online a bit more. Um, I do miss the social aspect of class where you're in class sitting down with your friends. I think that's what makes college great, so great, just being there with people. But in the sense of like online, you can, I like the fact that you can go at your own pace, you know? Oh yeah, like rewind. But then again, oh, yeah. you can rewinding, pausing, playing whenever you want, or just coming back to it if you're confused. Yeah. But in the sense that's all possible during real life, I think it just being come, going virtual has taught me how to rely more on in the moment kind of class things and not so much like procrastinate yeah yeah that it's it's funny because like who needs social interaction when you can just hop on a zoom and just ask deep personal questions to people you don't know you know <laughs> all right <laughs> okay um okay let's say if you knew a fourth grader wanted to be the next iron man or inventor, wants to be the next Jane Goodall, wants to be a doctor, a scientist, or just wants to change the world, and they're listening right now, what would you tell them? Evelyn, you can go first, and then we'll go Brian. Oh, man, you kind of put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can think about it a little bit. You can think about it a little bit. That's a, that's okay. a deep question. Honestly, yeah. Because I'm sure that when I was four years so, like, I wanted to be the most, like, ridiculous things ever, you know? Yeah. Not saying, hey, right, this, not ridiculous nurse, you know? I, I'm just saying my mine personally were. But you, follow your dreams. I don't know. It's hard. I think people are going to, people, like, I just did, I'm sorry. But people are going to say, like, yeah, like, your ideas are ridiculous. But I think just, they're not. I know, like, mm -hmm. to any fourth grade out there, I think it's important. Just don't get discouraged. Do what you do and you can. Don't listen to anyone. Because if you want to do what you are, sometimes you're going to defy people. But yeah. yeah. Sorry, that was super like. I, and it's funny because I thought about these questions too. And I was like, I like would literally just sit in the shower and just like, what would I answer? How would I answer that? You know, like, like for me, for example, I would answer like, I would tell them that they're powerful. <laughs> you know, that they are, they are really powerful. You know, like the next generation, like, I also want to let them know that we're listening as the people that are like, we understand how important it is for this, for the people, for the generation after us to kind of take the reins and like lead everything. You know, it's like how our professors are looking at us and they're like, y'all are the future for sure. It's your, it's your time to save the planet, you know? And, and it's funny because that answer took me maybe a day and a half to like, <laughs> to think of that because I was like man I don't even know what I'd say <laughs> but I hope I stalled enough time for you Brian like <laughs> what do you have an answer to this um I guess to stall a little more have it, what your question reminds me of um 
the meme have you seen the meme or it's not really a meme it's a tweet someone asked their daughter or their daughter asked what it took to be an astronaut and the mom said three things and the daughter is like that's only three things and <laughs> um and then the next comment was like oh what a motivational speaker and honestly like i've started to think about a lot of things in terms of science in that manner as well it's like you know technically like let's take organic chemistry. It only takes three things, noticing patterns, knowing when to apply the patterns and knowing the exceptions to them. <laughs> um, but it's through that experience that you learn. Um, but I think back to your question is to a fourth grader um, aspiring to be whatever they want. Um, I would say like, believe in yourself um, and the haters are gonna hate, but you do you and follow your dreams. Um, just make sure that it's right for you when you go along with it. And you'll be able to find the support that is actually there for you. And the people that aren't there to support you, that like, I don't know, cancel them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Is that everything that y'all wanted to talk about? Like, is there, is there, cause there was a question where I was like, maybe I can ask people about, you know, different challenges in their lives that set them back in their careers you know, like as an undergrad, like, like for you, I feel like you two answered that with that guidance counselor stories, right? Like, do you think, do you think those were your two pretty big setbacks or yeah? Yeah. It's so demeaning to hear that. Like, it's just like, how, why are you belittling me right now? Like you are a counselor, mm -hmm. like you should be empowering me and like encouraging me to apply to Stanford and Johns Hopkins and all these institutions. Right. But I guess we can uh, get into Travis Scott a little bit. What is your favorite Travis Scott song? Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I get super excited because like <laughs> I literally love him so much. But um <laughs> I'm gonna go I see so I get asked this question a lot, like what's your favorite song? And it's so hard for me to pick, you know, because kind of You in can the go moment, one, two, three, or five. Okay, it's like it's like in the it's like in the vibe moment, you know, if you're like more <laughs> chill. If if it's a, if it's a more chill setting, I'll go nine oh two one oh. Okay. 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 If it's like a, like a if it's raging setting, then I'll go like um damn. I like okay. So driving, I like bad mood. Okay. Driving, I like to I I'm into I'm into bad mood right now. Down to uh back to Al Faro, his first album. Uh, but his new album Astro World, the, the song with Sheck West. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I can't say the lyrics because it's super. Yeah, but were they? <laughs> yeah, that's what the. You won't. you won't. You won't. You <laughs> won't. I, I seem like a. Fa I seem like a fake fan, you know. But I promise I know the lyrics. But, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I think just seeing him live, it sounds like people hear me and I probably sound crazy to them. But like just seeing him live is like a different experience, you know. Like I don't know. He's a great performer. Yeah, I love music and yeah, he's amazing. But yeah, but yeah. <laughs> so if you so if you were to like like try to pump yourself up before running, like I don't know, like making cell cultures, you know what I mean, like what like would you just go with a Travis Scott song like you wouldn't get, like for me I would go like Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen just because I like doing little parts <laughs> I feel like that, that just pumps me up hella but so so you're set on Travis Scott for sure 100% I mean I have my moments you know I have my little sit moments so like you know but <laughs> I mean in terms Drake. of oh you know you know how it be sometimes but um <laughs> Yeah, Travis Scott is like I think he's like my like my go-to hype person, For especially because sure. like I I imagine me being at concerts and stuff. It's so dumb, but I imagine me being at concerts and I get super pumped. But yeah, I don't know. He's cool. He's pretty. Yeah. yeah. What about uh, you, Brian? Just you want to pump yourself up. This is like an experiment that is going to lead to a publication. 
you know what are, what are you playing on the speakers right now in your lab um to be honest what really gets me motivated to do work is like really dramatic and mellow music <laughs> um Wait, are we so, talking star wars here like moana like like what are we thinking huh um, I, <laughs> I think like Beethoven. Ooh, do Bob? I want to expose myself? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Do you? I, I'm down. Um, I'd say for me, like generally, it's like I think something I've been listening to a lot recently is um, Andre Day's Rise Up. I think great song, great song. Yeah, I love it. Uh, it helps motivate me to do work. Um, I don't know if it would help motivate me to do stuff in lab, <laughs> um, but. I think I remember back when I was in lab, back when I was in lab, like six months oh, ago man, before that's COVID. So, that's so sad. <laughs> um, yeah, I just put on random playlists. Um, I think for me, I'm not very good at following pop culture. And so I usually get things like a lot later. Oh, I'm not either. I'm still on those throwbacks, man. I'm, I'm still thinking like Rocketeer, Far East Movement, like that, that song, Stereo Hearts, like all that's still in my head. <laughs> <laughs> period period yeah yeah um yeah i don't know i'd say if it was for lab the song i'd pick is probably something by harry styles oh dude i love that i love him so much you have no idea on his first album sweet creature two ghosts oh my and then his new album is just like like falling adore you like i'm just like oh my gosh like this is this is unreal <laughs> That man is beautiful, I want to say. <laughs> for real, for real. Like, oh, what, what does keep y'all going? Like, what is your motivation? You know, like we are in these like times where we're struggling. So like we are people of color in STEM. Like what is keeping us going? For me, it's my peers. Um, I feel like everyone at Occidental is just so driven and motivated. My professors are just so supportive and they're always checking up. And I think that because I don't have that um, family support, I get that peer support. And for me, that's my motivation. It's like, I love when I get text messages saying, hey, you're doing great. Like you're doing big things, you know? And I, I'm curious, like, what are, what are your all, what are your motivations? Oh, she pointing, she pointing at you, Brian. I know she ain't pointing at me because that <laughs> finger ain't pointing at, at me. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, I'd say... For me, it's also like peers and like other people from college and some of my good friends from high school, right? Um, and inspiring for what could be, right? I think it's very easy, especially nowadays, to lose hope um, and be fed up with everything that's going on. But to realize that, you know, if we do end up losing hope and getting caught up in it, then who's going to actually do this work and push us towards a better tomorrow? And so... I'd say that's, that's that for me, especially like um, my faculty mentors, um, you know, majority of them are faculty of color or other staff of color within campus um, and other students, like my best friends who message me every day um, and also inspire me to continue doing the work that we do at McAllister and pushing for change. Um, something we're working on right now is pushing for more diversity and equity within the chem department, especially talking about these readout courses, right, how to make them more accessible for students of color um, and other students that don't come from advantaged backgrounds that the majority of the demographic that shows up at our colleges are keeping I love, I love that if you want to also talk about the stuff that y'all are doing like we're, we're doing a lot of stuff in our bio department so maybe we can like McAllister Occidental collab you know like just Let's do it ideas do it. yeah I feel like that's gotta cool. keep them accountable <laughs> yeah right no for real that's the big thing that is the big thing. accountability like once we graduate can y'all stay accountable? That's, that's the, that's for real. 
for real. <laughs> Sorry, I got really pumped for that. <laughs> uh, what, what a, what a, yep. Wait, I am curious to know how you guys, how uh, you, um, JP, how you and you, your group of buddies changed the bio curriculum to include social justice. I do, uh, maybe for later, we can, you can t- tell me about that. But that's super interesting. But in terms of keeping me motivated, similar to you guys, my peers, in a sense, yeah. I feel like because I do live, I do live six hours away from home. Uh, it's hard for me to get. I I know that my parents are super supportive, but in ter- of they're supportive in terms of me continuing college, not so much in a sense where I'm struggling in a class, you know. Because right. to them, it's to them it's so easy. Like, oh, you like, well, you gotta see, like, you're not working hard enough. Like, it's because you're like, like, it's because you went out last night. It's because you did this, did that. Like, you're, like we're Uh-oh. sacrificing so much, and you're not putting in the effort. When little do they know, like, I literally did not sleep last night. Like, you know. For real. But, um, it is it is mostly your peers because like it it's so easy to get put to put yourself down by comparing yourself to others you know in the same field as you um it's so easy for you to fall down the wrong hole and by like like you said jp by hearing those texts it was like confirmational texts like you're doing amazing like i know you're gonna be destined to, to great things because you in your head like you're not doing enough but others see you as doing so many things and i think it's very important for you to hear those things as, as kind of a, as kind of like a validation to your efforts for sure but yeah just focus I, I think it's important to center yourself around people who understand where you're coming from understand uh, any uh disadvantages that you may have had in the past and kind of keep them keep those people around because they're going to be your core through college and your rock that keep you kind of keep you keep you where you have to be to keep going and stuff but yeah yeah i I love my friends like they're amazing i love like college is amazing i don't know like for real oh my as first gen students it's like man this is great (laughs) yeah i mean just like i'm enjoying the ride like i don't know these are the types of combos that also need to be happening in science and like they're not and so it's really important um to like continue this and also y'all are just amazing so i can I like, like to connected. <laughs> yeah i mean that's all i have for y'all so this is awesome <laughs> people of color in stem let's go <laughs> but yeah um if there's anything i can do for y'all please let me know um if you need support or anything like that i'm always gonna uh reach my hand out so thank you both for doing this it really means a lot to me and it means a lot to also hear these stories you know like it's so nice to be able to relate to people um very like-minded driven people other than that i'll let y'all go it was really really nice meeting you that concludes our inaugural episode of from where does it stem up next, we have an absolute power couple who just accepted professorships. Yes, the both of them at the Stanford University. For more information, please follow me, JP Flores, on Instagram at jpflores underscore 31. Please also follow at from where does it stem on Instagram as well as at where does it stem on Twitter. Thanks for listening, y'all. Much love and stay tuned for more.